my quest to find the best vintage and previously owned pieces led me into a shop that I dig in Hawaii. And this was just on the rack. And I think that we can all agree that it was made for me. <laughs> Are you dying? It's Jeffrey, guys. It literally says Schnauzer. It's a picture of Jeffrey in a, come on, buddy. Come on. What do you think? Do you like it? You smell a little funny. What'd you get into? What'd you get into? Why doesn't he have, why doesn't he have a shirt of my face? Jack, you're supposed to be the dog stylist. <sighs> Can you believe, you know, you just never know what the spirit guides and the spirit dog guides are gonna guide you to when you're on your hunt for vintage clothes. And honestly, I bought it and like my favorite part of it so far is wearing it for y'all, so. I'm gonna be that person that's just rolling around like at some cool chic bar, restaurant or something. No, I can't hear while I'm there, but I am rocking this Schnauzer t-shirt. So, <sighs> I was just there. The guy was like, oh, you like dogs? I'm like, no, no, it's literally my dog. My dog is on this thing. I actually have been finding, I'm really, get out of the plant, bro. Jeffrey. That piece lily didn't do anything to you. I'm trying to bring that back from the brink. Oh, can you see the money tree? You see it there? Do you know what a money tree is? It's, well, yeah, Jack, it's that, obviously. But a money tree is supposed to like, I think, bring you abundance or something. It's like good luck. And um, it was in a small pot. If you'll recall, if you could flash back to a previous episode, it was here. But it was, it. I realized that the money tree the leaves were the same, sh like the exact same width as the pot. And I was like, oh wait, I wonder if that plant, I don't know how plants work, but perhaps it can't grow past the edges of the pot. And I looked it up and it's a thing. So it's been repotted. I was very nervous because it, you know, it it's trauma for plants to be repotted, no matter how hard you try and take care of them. And it was looking a little, but for the first time yesterday, I noticed a little sprout. So we're okay, I think, is the point. The money tree's thriving. I got a Schnauzer t-shirt. Welcome to Rage Talk. Let's talk about introverts versus extroverts because um, clearly I'm an introvert. No, that's not true. I'm an extrovert. I'm the most extra of the extroverts. I love people, I love meeting people, I wanna to talk to you, I wanna hang out with you. Except there's one scenario I don't wanna to talk to you. I hate to even say this, I feel like people are gonna be mean right now and they're just gonna be like, you're being mean, but this is a, there's only one, one scenario. Well, there's two, I thought of another one. The first is, has something to do with having like a little tiny bit of like a public persona, like, having a little bit of a brand so people know who I am, you all would be shocked, and I mean shocked, at how many women will follow me into the bathroom and, and try and talk to me while I'm in, like going in the stall or inside the stall. I already have a really weird thing with public restrooms. Like I don't want, I really don't want anybody hearing me pee. And if I have to do anything else in the bathroom, I'll just go die. 
because I'm not doing that in public. I want to talk to everybody. I want to give you hugs. I want to take pictures. I want to do whatever you need to do, but it is really hilarious. You would not even believe how many women will talk to me while I'm in the bathroom. Literally, I have had women knock on the stall. Rachel, Rachel, I saw you go in there. I just want, I just love, I love your podcast, Rach. I love it. It has helped me so much. God bless you. I just wanted you to know. I'll wait for you out here. We'll get a picture when you're, when you're done. We'll just, and I'm like, and I'm doing like, I'm holding the PN because the second someone talked to me, I had to like freeze midstream, work all the Kegel muscles to like hold the P inside my body. Cause I'm like, oh my God. So that's a time when I don't really want to talk to strangers. And my second time has nothing to do with being any kind of anything. It's just like a life rule. I don't want to talk to you on a plane. Nothing to do. I mean, you're a stranger. You don't know me from Adam. Or you're the, I just don't want to talk to you on a plane. And because here's the issue. If you talk to your seatmate on a plane and they're a talker, you're locked in. I can't tell you to stop talking. I will get off an eight hour flight and I know everything about your family, your daughter's divorce. I heard about the therapy that you went through three years ago, that you're thinking about going back to school and getting your degree. I don't know how to tell people to stop and I don't wanna be rude. So I'll just, I'm in it, I'm locked in, okay? So I can't even let you start. I can't even let you start a conversation because if you start, I feel compelled, we're in this now. We're in it together. I don't fly Southwest a lot, but one of the things I'm most terrified of with Southwest is that you don't have any control over where you sit. I will, if there is a person within a hundred mile radius of a Southwest flight who likes to talk to strangers, there'll be a hundred open seats on this plane. That girl's sitting, she right, she's right here. I was flying back from Nashville and this woman, bless her, bless her heart. I get it, because I'm on an aisle, you're in the center seat. If you're in the center seat, there's a lot, you're, you're tucked in there and it's, I get it. Jack, she was, she was in, I was touching, she was touching my person, but my arm wasn't even on the armrest. It was in, I got a like two by two square right here or whatever this is, I'm in it. I shouldn't feel you. I shouldn't feel you in my space. I don't want your skin to touch my skin. I don't know who you are. I only know one way to handle this and that is very visibly to wear headphones. Now ladies or men with long hair, if you're gonna try and pull this off, you gotta pull the hair back. Cause if it's like this and they can't see that you're wearing headphones, you're locked in that situation too. Cause so, I don't even try and make a big deal about it. They'll be like chatty chat chat. And I'm like, I make a big deal about being like, oh, what? Oh, sorry, sorry, I was listening to music. And they're like, oh, no problem. Here's my life story. Or I'll be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I just like, I was listening to a, a really incredible podcast. I don't wanna, what did you need? Was there something? I sound like a jerk. I don't, I'm not a jerk. I will talk to, I love making friends. We're in line at the grocery store, let's go. You see me at my kid's baseball tournament, happy to chat. You wanna talk to me at the spot, like whatever but I don't want to talk to you on a flight. How do you feel about that, Jack? Absolutely no talking on a flight. I can't hear you up there. Right, it's so, I, we already talked about this. I can't hear you. And the people also, can we have a minute? Now I'm really gonna go in. Now I'm really gonna say something controversial. The people who have a very long discussion on flights, 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Like someone in front of you, a, let's say two, two business people, for example, and they want to talk about the mergers and acquisitions of the company or whatever for four hours. And the only way that you can do that is to raise your voice above the roar of the engine. And now I got to listen to you over Taylor Swift. I'm trying to listen to the Lover album, bro. I don't want to know about how Cheryl in accounting isn't living up to her last review. Do you know what I mean? Is it just me? Can you hear, when other people are having conversations, can you hear it or am I just, you know what my thing is? I need to maybe watch more movies or something on planes. I read books, this is my problem. I'm over here reading or I'm writing and in both scenarios I can't have music so I gotta listen to, you know, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, you know, talk about whatever's going on. Remember when I got the shirt though, Jack? Still over here, still killing it extroverts. <laughs> okay, here's a question for the group. Comment below, let me know. Are you an extrovert or are you an introvert? Or I think there are also like mixes of this because I'm an extrovert. I love people and I love being around people, but I do have to go refuel. Like I can't, I know people who are extroverted and they get all of the energy from the people and I love being in it, but I do have to like go retreat and get my energy back and then sort of come out and, and try again. Um, but I am an extrovert and I am in love with an introvert, like a very deep introvert. Um, and it is hilarious. And when we were first dating, we're going to find the video and like maybe if we like put the name of the artist or whatever, we could share it. It's so funny, but it is a perfect cartoon of what it's like to be an extrovert and an introvert in a relationship. what it would be like to be like if you're are you is because you're an introvert and then is your boyfriend an introvert he's an extrovert okay so is it how about you you're an introvert is sarah an introvert yeah okay so you're both introverts what's that like you just like chill you know, <laughs> you don't leave the house you don't talk to anybody yeah i mean that sounds glorious honestly so i'm an extrovert but i'm a homebody like i would you got it's got to be something massive for me to want to leave home and by massive, I mean there is a fajita restaurant here in Austin. Mm -mm -mm. La Pesina, which is at the top floor of the proper hotel in downtown Austin, Texas. You will crap your pants, which is weird because you're at a restaurant. But, oh my word. I'll tell you what. Nobody cares. Doesn't matter. La Pesina is the restaurant where I know with every fiber of my being, emotional, mental, spiritual, I should stop eating. I've passed a point of no return. It's uncomfortable and I literally can't stop. Jack, they give you fajitas, like old school where it's like on fire or whatever, and there's all the delicious things. I'm making myself so hungry right now. Ooh. On that platter is a tiny bowl of garlic butter. Like we have, what is this, Pizza Hut? What are, what are you talking about? No, because you're gonna make a taco and then you're gonna dip it. Oh, it's so stupid, you guys. It is so stupid. It is, mm, mm. Why did I get on this topic? 
Where did I, how did I, <laughs> this is also what is very hard for Boo. Not just that I'm extroverted, we've talked about this. I never stop talking, never. He's been out of town for like 10 days and he comes back today. He better get some earplugs. <laughs> he better get ready. Cause I have not, I mean, we, well, let's go. Let's, yeah, we've done FaceTime. That's not enough. I got all kinds of ideas, questions, theories. You know, I want you to tell me I'm pretty to my face without a screen involved. Like, have you seen my schnauzer shirt? Come on, bro. We got, we're doing something here. Also, I think we're gonna go get fajitas on date night tomorrow. So that's why it's in my brain. Also, what I wanna do, how many times do I say also in this show? <laughs> You, do you edit out a lot of also's? Do you edit out a lot of so? So, 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 so. At least I know. I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses. Strengths, gorgeous, funny, good writer, good mom, humble. <laughs> weaknesses. It was cold water, but you know, I've stopped with that, so that's good. Um, uh, sort of on the subject, but also like kind of on a more serious note, I saw this quote the other day from Mindy Kaling. What, you're a fan of Mindy mm -hmm. Kaling? I saw this quote from Mindy Kaling the other day where she was talking about like how people, that there's people who don't like her because they say that she's full of herself. And she's like, I'm not full of myself. I just don't hate myself. And I think that it's really hard for people to look at women who love themselves and are confident in themselves and not decide that they dislike them. Totally miss you, put the actual real quote, please find it. But I thought it was such a good, it's such a good quote because I think that that's how we're mostly taught to be, is we're taught to find fault with ourselves, or taught like our body's this, our body's that, our face is this, we're not, we're all of these things, we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough, whatever, and we just keep perpetuating the cycle and then we give that to every new generation of young women and they're taught that to be confident is to be wrong. And I'm being silly about saying like, here are my strengths and I have no weaknesses. Obviously I have many, um, but I'm really, I've been working on that a lot in the last six months of just like a love and accept myself as I am, not as an affirmation or something cheesy, but like the amount of times I look, I literally, I swear, my hand to the heavens, I looked in the mirror today and I was like, girl, your butt, Okay, but your butt is looking good. Like I see the yoga in that butt. I see good for you. Congratulations with your butt. Now my butt, I got junk in the trunk. I got an ass that won't quit. I got. When I was in high school, I used to get teased about how big my butt was and I was so embarrassed by it. And I just, I'm sort of like a pear shader, but I got more going on down here than up here even with the doctor's help. Um, but I do think that that's a really powerful thing to ask yourself, especially with so many women um, and young girls watching this show, is are you saying more things about yourself that are negative or are you saying more things about yourself that are positive? Because my gut is that you're probably thinking a lot of things about you and maybe even sometimes audibly saying things about yourself that are discouraging and if that worked, if you could shame yourself into the place that you idealize is better, it would have worked by now. It's not possible to hate yourself into something 
better. So what if we tried radically loving ourselves? What if we tried just accepting who we are? Not only that, but just falling in love with ourselves right now as we are with this exact body, with these age spots, with this, with these thighs, with this cellulite, with whatever you're working with, mini schnauzer and all. Right, Jeff? Just work on loving yourself. I've told this story before, but um, when I was really struggling with body issues after the birth of one of my children, I challenged myself that every single time I looked in the mirror, I would find something to compliment. And the very first time I just honestly hated, I hated myself, I hated my body. I was so hard on myself and so mean to myself. And I stood in the mirror until I found one thing. And the one thing I could compliment was my eyes. And then slowly over time, I could find more and more things to love. We just put, um, we put contingencies on it, right? We're like, well, if I had a flat stomach or if I had six pack abs or if I had arms that look like this, then I would be happy. Then I would have worth. Then I would love myself. But the truth is if you don't love yourself as you are today, it doesn't matter what changes you make. There's always gonna be something that you perceive as wrong. So let's practice that together. And I have no idea how I got there from fajitas, but that's how my brain works. So if you haven't ever heard me talk about it before, I have a hotline. It was created for my podcast so listeners could call in and ask me questions or tell me something great that's going on in their lives. And I thought it would be fun to start to incorporate some of those questions into Rage Talk. So we're going to listen to another voice note from y'all. But if you have a question that you want me to answer here on the show or maybe turn an entire podcast episode out because of it, you're going to call this number right here, which I don't remember, but Jack will edit it later and like, you're gonna call this number, you're gonna leave us a voice memo. But Nicole, will you tell us what's the question we got today? Hi, my name is Miranda and I listen to your podcast all the time. And so I wanted to ask a question that me and a friend kind of have been struggling with. Um, I have one friend that I've known my entire life and we want to know how to make other friends like in this very technological type of age that we're in and COVID and you know everything like that it's hard to connect with people and especially being a mom and having to deal with tiny humans Um, but we just kind of want to know what are some ways that you can make friendships and act like genuine connections not just you know meeting people but actually making genuine connections when it seems so hard lately? Yeah, really good question, Miranda. Thank you for for calling in because you're not the only person that's wondering this. We are getting so many questions right now, customer service and on the hotline of people just like you who are asking questions about friendship. So I feel like this is something we're really craving. We're craving that connection after so many years of not always having the ability to be around other people. So just a few thoughts that I have on this. Uh, The first thing I would say is you ask, how do I make a genuine connection, not just meeting people, but have sort of a genuine relationship form. And I think it's worth saying that you don't really know if it's a genuine relationship that's gonna form until you've hung out a few times. So I don't know that in this instance, it's sort of like, oh, that first 
encounter will tell you whether or not this is gonna be a lifelong friend or someone that you have a deeper relationship with. I think that you need a few hangout sessions to know if that's true. So I don't really believe in the idea of kind of just scattershot, right? Like just asking everybody or like all the moms at the school drop off or whatever, you're just gonna start asking 10 people and hope that one of them turns out to be your long lost best friend. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you're not my long lost best friend. I'm trying, I'm trying to help. Can you try and help? That's what I thought. Anyway, Miranda, I'm sorry about my schnauzer. The second thing that I would say, and this is a really big one that most people miss. Don't think that your close, dear friends are going to be people who look, act, think, vote, are the same age as you. I remember um, I was hanging out with some friends that are around my age and I was telling them that I had just been on a trip with a friend who's in her late 50s. And one of my guy friends was like, you have, like a, not your aunt, not a, you have a friend, like an actual friend that you go on vacation with that's in her late 50s. And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Like assuming that your friend needs to be the same age as you or needs to do the same job or even needs to be a parent like you're a parent. Like I think that that's why we miss out on so many opportunities is because we're looking for someone who's like us instead of looking for commonality. So most of the friendships I have are people that I have met because we had something in common. So whether it's, a, you know, you're doing mommy and me yoga because you're into yoga and you have kids and then you meet other people there or you have a hobby that you're really into, or um, there's something that you wanna pursue, like I'm trying to do songwriting, or when I was becoming an author, I met so many aspiring writers that became friends of mine because we had something in common. And even if we didn't have the same lives, in fact, many of them have very different lives than I do, we are connected by this one thing that we can go deep on, which is gonna be my third piece of advice to you, and this is maybe the most important. Um, in a world where it's all very superficial, show up authentically and go deep fast. So if I meet, I, I literally, I can meet you for the first time and it'll be like, how, hey, how are you? And I'm like, you know what, I'm having a really, I'm in a really hard season right now. Or like, oh, actually, um, you know, I got a, a toddler that's learning how to sleep through the night without wetting the bed. So like, that's a whole thing right now that I'm trying to navigate. I don't do the like, I don't do the small talk thing. I never have. I think that's probably why I hope I'm pretty good at being a podcast interviewer because I genuinely want to know how people are. And I will tell you, this is the more successful someone is in the area that we perceive them to be a success, the more they're looking for people who actually wanna know about who they are as a human being. So when you have the guts, when you sort of raise your hand and are willing to go first, I think that you instinctively are gonna to go to a deeper place, which is something that you're craving faster. You'd be surprised, like every time I'm, you know, a barista's making my coffee, every single person that I walk to, up to, server, grocery store, everybody, I always ask the same thing. It's the same thing that I ask Matthew McConaughey when I'm starting a podcast interview with him is the same thing that I ask the person that I'm ordering an espresso shot from, which is, how are you? And you would be surprised at how many strangers out in the world are just desperate for someone to care how they're doing. 
Be open to where you're gonna meet that friend. Be willing to give it a few chances and connect over a shared hobby and go deep. Those are my pieces of advice for making more genuine friendships as an adult or a kid, honestly. Okay, guys, thanks so much for hanging out. I hope that you got something out of today's episode. If you did, please subscribe to my channel wherever you are watching or listening to this. Subscribe so we can be friends and you can get a notification every single time we post a new episode. I will be back next week with more conversation. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. Hey guys, it's Rachel, and this is a quick word on getting what you want. Okay, so pretty bold to try and do a 10-minute or less episode on getting what you want, because I think I could probably take y'all away for a retreat, and we could just talk about this all day, every day for a week straight. There's so much nuance here, and there's so many layers, and there's so many fun things that we can discuss when it comes to manifesting or building the life of your dreams. but the simplest one that I want to remind you of today is intentionality. Now, I say remind you of because what I'm about to talk about, I am positive you have heard before. But if you're anything like me, sometimes I have to hear something over and over and over, not because I don't know it, but because I'm not as aligned with it as I need to be. I can't tell you how many times in life I was sitting in church and a pastor said something that I had for sure heard a hundred times in my life. But on that particular day, in that exact moment, it knocked me sideways and completely shifted the way I was looking at the world. So today, I want to remind you of this idea of intentionality. What does it mean to be intentional and how does that play into us getting the life that we want to have? Intentionality to me says that you don't do anything in a perfect world. If you're being totally intentional, you don't do anything without first thinking of the results that you want out of the action. And I don't mean that you go through every single part of your day, like I'm going to get in my car and my intention is to get to work. I mean, that would be amazing, but I don't think most of us go through life that way. What I mean is that for every area of your life, you have an intention. You have a result that you're looking for. So in every area of my life, how I am as a mother, how I am as a partner, how I am as a friend, how I want to show up in my community, how I want to be as a person, how do I want to interact with strangers? What do I want my work to be, the content that I make for y'all here on podcasts or in the books that I write? Every single thing that I do, I have intentionality in seeing a result that I'm hoping to manifest. And certainly, as I evolve as a human and change as a person, those results that I'm looking for change, right? So there was a time when I was younger in my life where I wanted, you know, like a certain amount of money that I was aiming for. And then, honestly, I got the amount of money that I was aiming for and realized, holy crap, this is actually not at all told that it will be. And that's not the point of life. And now my intentionality is more about the human that I want to be than the amount of money that I want to make. But 
whatever it is you're aiming for, this is your life. You get to decide. So if you're like, girl, this I just started my business. This is the first year that I'm going to get above $100,000. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. That's my intentionality. Great. I love that intention for you. The beauty of intention is that you get to have whatever you want. You get to aim at whatever you want. I believe that whatever you're aiming at, as long as it doesn't hurt you and it doesn't hurt anybody else, go for it, man. You want a pony? Is that what you want? You're like 45. You always wanted to have a horse when you were little. And now you're like, you know what? I'm 45 years old, but I'm going to learn how to ride a horse and I'm going to have a pony. Get it, girl. You do you. But the reason this matters is because if you aren't intentional, if you don't aim at anything, you're going to get weird disordered, discombobulated, disconnected results. I want you to think about this. How many of you listening right now in your life are like, what is going on? Why do I have like, this thing's working, this area is definitely not, that part of my life is a crapshoot, that part of my life is fantastic, what is going on? It's when we don't aim at anything that we get results that are equal to what we're doing. You didn't call your shot. You didn't go in any specific direction. You didn't tell your God, the universe, infinite intelligence, whatever you believe in, you didn't tell it, hey, I would really like to do this thing and I would love divine assistance in this process. You didn't ask for help. You didn't aim in a direction. So that's why you're aimless. The first part of this is the intention of knowing what it is you want. So if you've never done it, I really encourage you to grab a journal, write out every area of your life. Let's think of six, like financial, relationship, business, contribution, faith, health, fill in the blank with whatever you want. And then just say, what do you want? That's part number one, knowing what you want and having the intentionality to aim for it. The second part is focusing on it. So I I use this quote all the time. It's from Tony Robbins. It says, where focus goes, energy flows. This is not woo-woo. This is not hippie talk. This is not magic. This is science. Thoughts are energy. Thoughts are creation. What we focus on, what we give energy to, we create. The life that you have today is the result of the thoughts you were thinking six months ago. Let me say it one more time. The life that you have today are a result of the thoughts that you were thinking six months ago, six weeks ago. The day you're having today is the result of the thoughts that you're thinking. If you're thinking, man, my kids are so freaking hard and I just, I don't get enough rest and I'm overwhelmed at work and It doesn't mean that those things aren't true for the season of life that you're in, but the way that you focus on them is giving energy to the thing you don't want. You just keep manifesting more. You just keep making that your reality. Like if you said, okay, these are the three areas of my life that are the most tense, that feel the most hard, parenting, work, and my mornings. My mornings feel really hard, right? And you could sit around and think about all the things that are wrong with that and the 
reality is, if you haven't ever done this before, if you haven't ever actively tried to change your thought pattern, then there's a very good chance that you're not even conscious of the negative thoughts. So if you picked the three areas of your life where you have the most tension and you forced yourself to change your thought pattern, the first thing you did was called your shot. You said, I want to be a joyful mother. I want to find joy in the journey of motherhood. The second thing is, I want to go to work every day and have fun. I want to be lit up. I want to help people. I want to have fun. Now, we're removing, yes, but Carolyn Accounting's rude, and I don't like the customers. Nope. We're not giving power to those thoughts. We're just setting our intention. I want to be a joyful parent. I want to have fun at work. And I want my morning to feel relaxed. I want it to set me up for success. I want to feel grounded when I leave the house. So you've set your intention. The second thing you're going to do is focus on that over and over and over. First part, change the thought pattern. Second part, affirm what you want. Like I will literally say sentences to myself over and over and over affirming. I am a joyful mother. I enjoy this journey. I know my time with these babies is limited. I'm going to have fun. I will affirm it over and over and over until the thought becomes habit. Now it's normal for me all day long to talk about how I want to be a joyful mom. I say it to my friends. I start saying it to strangers at the grocery store, right? See someone having fun with their daughter because my mind now is wired to look for that. And I'm like, oh, I love you guys are having so much fun. That's my intention too. I want to be a joyful mama, right? It becomes habit. Then it becomes subconscious. You focus on something enough, it becomes subconscious. It lodges itself into your heart, into your solar plexus. It's in you now. You don't have to think about it anymore the same way you don't have to think about tying your shoes. It just becomes a part of who you are. And when that happens, magic happens. Except it's not magic. It's just that you knew what you wanted, you focused on it, and you gave it energy. That's what it is to be intentional. That's how you get what you want. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.